Yes, praise the Lord, it's chat time again. This week we will continue our discussion of current events and scriptures. Praise the Lord. So this week I want to talk about some current events and it tickles me when I hear like talk show hosts or politicians and they quote scripture (laughs) and they don't really, they really aren't well versed in the scripture. They sort of paraphrase it. So Pierce Morgan, you know, he's a British talk show host. Okay. And he was talking to a British doctor, and the doctor was saying that there are only two sexes. And Pierce Morgan said, Jesus Christ told you to be tolerant of people as well, and you seem to have failed that test. And um, he was telling um, the doctor that... um, he didn't know what he was talking about, and and it only deepened when Pierce Morgan said to the doctor, you're citing the Bible to defend your bigotry. And he's, Pierce Morgan says, we've all moved on from large swaths of the Bible. you know. But then in this article that was sent to me by someone, it, it came from the Christian Post, it, it was it was like ironic because the writer, the author of this article is saying, with all respect, Pierce, could you tell us exactly where Jesus told us to be tolerant of people? <laughs> and would you be kind enough to let us know where you get the idea that Jesus differed with the doctor's assessment that there are only two sexes? And 
he says, without a doubt, Jesus taught us to love our neighbor as ourselves. In fact, he taught us to follow his example of sacrificial love. No follower of Jesus could possibly dispute that. He taught us to be kind to the unkind, merciful to the, un to the merciless, generous to the stingy, and loving to the unlovely. Lovely. Un A lovely. Who in the world? I don't know. I was just reading this article. Okay. That's not in dispute. But was Jesus tolerant of people? If you mean, did he teach that all beliefs were equally valid or that all behaviors were acceptable as long as they didn't hurt others, the answer is no. Was, is He has anything but tolerance for that. His teaching was totally exclusive. His standards incredibly high. And it says... Uh, if you don't believe me, then just take out your Bible and read the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew uh, 5, 7. And then it goes on to say that, uh, or check out how he dealt with those would-be followers who made excuses in Luke chapter 9, verses 57 to 62. Better yet, let me quote the passage for you in full. As they were going along in the road, along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And well, this is in the King James Version. But, And Jesus said to them, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me go first, first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. And Jesus said to him, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Is this what you would call tolerant? Yes, I don't think, I think he's comparing apples and oranges. What is, it, what is he talking about as far as tolerance? I, I don't know. Well, I, don't he, know I think he's, how he, he doesn't interpret that the the right way because it does sound harsh. You know, let the dead bury the dead. Yes, but I don't or understand. Or leave the dead to bury their own dead. But I don't understand how this fits in with a person being tolerant. I, I don't know what his what his concept, what he's trying to, uh, I, I don't know what he's trying to get across as far as what he considers to be tolerance. I, I don't I don't get it. His example as it relates to tolerance. I don't get it. Well I think he's giving it in this article. He's I, I, I know. It in. I mean but I don't get it. I don't get his explanation because when I read this I don't I'm not thinking in terms of tolerance. I'm I'm thinking in terms of, of, of a person's uh focus. It's like what do you focus on? Do you focus when he tells them uh if you're gonna follow me if you're expecting uh, a life of luxury, you know, on, on this earth, if that's your main purpose in life is to gain the riches of this world, I don't, the foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests. He said, but the son of man, I don't have anywhere to lay my head, so count up the cost. See, I don't, I don't think in terms of tolerance. I don't know why he picked this one particular scripture to say I, I, tolerance. I think I can understand why he did that because I, uh, unless you have a complete understanding of the word, unless you're a um, minister, a pastor, or a teacher, or, or you know, now I take this, he's an, 
he's just someone writing an article because he took exception to what Pierce Morgan has has said uh, to this doctor about you know there are only two sex sexes. I think it's I think if you don't have an understanding, leave the dead to bury their own dead. It, it, seems seems like. But I don't consider it intolerant. I can't wait. I can't wait. I, I can't wait for you. Or if it says, if no no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. So if you're kind of, you know, you're going to look back. But that's not tolerance. That's telling the person you have to be single-minded. Your eye has to be single. You have to have a made-up mm-hmm. mind to go on with the Lord because if you don't, and you look back, you're not going to be fit. I don't see how he grabbed tolerance out of that. Yeah, I don't see how he, that either. Now, um, God loves the person, but he is intolerant when it comes to sin. It's like, because I think he talking about um, what the LGBT and the transgender and how um, if you cite the Bible, you... And you use the scriptures and stuff. You, oh, you're bigoted and stuff like that. But no, it was is that he, it's like he was disagreeing with Pierce Morgan, and um, and saying that how God made male and female, and Pierce Morgan don't don't he agree. He that. don't believe that. So he was just so anytime when you don't believe, go along with the program or don't go along or don't go along to get along with what the world is doing. Some you're you a bigot or you are you prejudiced or you homophobic, transphobic and all that. So when he talking about tolerance, God doesn't tolerate sin. Right. That's 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 where the intolerance comes. That's where the tolerance part comes in. He doesn't tolerate sin. Now he loves the person because he died for each and every one of us. That was unrighteous. But he doesn't tolerate sin. He don't put up with that. Right. So, but I just I just thought it was interesting that he picked this particular parable that the Lord gave to, to try to show that the Lord wasn't being tolerant. Mm-hmm. And the Lord was being very tolerant. And he was just explaining to people I think the, the whole sacrifice. I, I never saw the interview. Um, but I think what Pierce Morgan took offense to is that the doctor cited the Bible right. and was talking... That there's only two sexes, I think. So he's and saying he that felt like it's his job to rebuke the doctor. He probably did, but he doesn't know what he's talking about. And then when he says, show me in the Bible where uh, the Lord, you know, basically says there's just the, you know, the two sexes. And I said, well, the Lord created male and female. <laughs> and he said he created them. Mm-hmm. I mean, evidently he didn't read Genesis. Right, right. I think the. <laughs> I think that's what the author was saying too, that um, he's saying the same thing. What you were saying, as for how Jesus would interact with. So this this is the article. How as for how Jesus would interact with a biological male who identified as a female. He would look into the man's soul with the perfect love of the Father, and if the man received that love, 
Jesus would make him totally whole from the inside out. Right. That's a beautiful and way of putting that. And that's what you call transforming love. Yes. That's a very uh, Pierce, nice way to put it. And so he ends this article by saying, may Pierce Morgan experience the fullness of God's love. Right, if he would just receive it. But anyway, um, I hate to pick on Pete... Buttigieg. Buttigieg. <laughs> I thought it was Bugatti or something. <laughs> B-U-T-T-I-G-I-E-G. Yeah, Pete Buttigieg. He's Buttigieg. Uh, facing criticism after he used a Proverbs Bible verse uh, during a debate. Um, and he was saying, he was referring to Proverbs chapter 14, mm-hmm. verse 31. And he says, it says, this is in the article now, Mm -hmm. he who oppresses the poor taunts his maker, but he who is gracious to the needy honors him. Okay, now King James Version says, he that oppresses the poor reproaches his maker, but he that honors him hath mercy on the poor. So anyway, this is... um, he cited Proverbs to justify a $15 minimum wage. So in the article it says it never fails to baffle how progressives can appeal to the Bible to arrive at an exact minimum wage of $15, according to Pete Buttigieg, yet ignore, reject, or plead and ambiguity on the Bible's teaching on marriage and abortion. Yeah, I guess they're saying when it suits them, they quote scriptures. Right. (laughs) Worshiping the God he sees in the mirror rather than the God he sees in the Bible Mm -hmm. are two different things. The federal minimum wage is $7.25 per hour. The federal minimum wage is $7.25. Many states and cities have approved laws to increase the minimum wage to as high as $15 per hour. But in Illinois and Michigan, the minimum wage is eight and a quarter and eight ninety. And so he was previously criticized for calling the vice president a Pharisee. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. They just go into the so here's Pete Buttigieg again lashing out at Republicans for cloaking themselves in fake Christianity. And um, I guess this also was during the recent debate. He says that for a party that associates itself with Christianity to say that it is okay to suggest that God would smile on the division of families at the hands of federal agents, that God would condone putting children in cages, Republicans have lost all claim to ever using religious language again he said. Well, you know, what I think is odd is that they're taking, they're making generalizations. He's he's taking it as if all Republicans are in agreement, all Republicans take this particular stand, and and you can't do that. Just like you really can't say that all Democrats are just left, leftist liberals. You really can't say they're all that way. But if he's saying as a party what they're supposed to represent, maybe that's one thing. But 
you know, people are individuals. I think when you start uh, trying to use the scriptures, but you're trying to fight a political battle, I think that you're going to run into some rough waters. So if you're going to do that, you should be uh, such a person that's taking the beam out your eye mm -hmm. so that you can clearly see to remove the moat out of someone else's. Again, Pete <laughs> Budigig said he can't imagine God would be a Republican. I don't know why well, they do that. I, I don't. That's what I'm saying. You can't imagine. But I, and the way the Democrats are going, I can't imagine if, if they said, well, the Lord had to pick a political party. I don't think he'd pick a party where you're trying to pass a law where people basically say, in my imagination, I know I was born a man, but I'm a woman. And the Lord who created male and female, who created all things, will look at the person and say, no, you're a man. And so I guess that would make him Republican. <laughs> Saving kittens over people and everything. Right. Mm -hmm. it's, it's shedding the innocent blood mm -hmm. and telling the people to have a right to uh, choose. And I said, well, then the baby has a right to choose. Well, God doesn't belong to a political party. Yeah, thank the Lord for that. Mm-hmm. Now, Here's another article someone sent me about religion comes to Democrats with the 2020 presidential election. Um, religion used to be the monopoly of the Republican Party, harking back to Ronald Reagan, but now Democrats have realized that they can embrace it as well. Yeah, they can they, quote scriptures too. <laughs> they plan on using it differently, more like it was meant to be and not as a weapon against those who are viewed as different. So when 10 Democratic presidential candidates were pressed on immigration policy during their recent debate. Our favorite, Pete Buttigieg, <laughs> took his answer in an unexpected direction and he turned the question into a matter of faith and accused Republicans who claim to support Christian values of hypocrisy for backing policy separating children from their families at the U.S.-Mexico border. The GOP, he declared, has lost all claim to ever use religion, religious language again. It was a striking moment that highlighted the, an evolution in the way Democrats are talking about faith in the 2020 campaign. While Republicans have been more inclined to weave faith into their rhetoric, particularly since the rise of the evangelical right in the 1980s, several current Democratic white House hopefuls are explicitly linking their views to, on policy to religious values. The shift signals a belief that their party's eventual nominee has a chance to win over some religious voters who may be turned off by President Trump's abrasive rhetoric and questions about his character. Um, the 2020 candidates aren't shying away from Differences, Warren, for example, poses the United Methodist Church prohibition on same-sex marriage and L LGBTQ pastors, which has prompted more progressive congregations to weigh a split. Elizabeth Warren believes equal means equal, and that's true in marriage, in the workplace, in every place. Well, I mean, why? They're saying there's something wrong with her viewpoint about being equal? Instead, they see an opening to talk about religion as a driver of their basic values, not 
a litmus test. Immigration officers offers one such opportunity, given that Trump detention policies have drawn criticism from leaders of multiple faiths, including some evangelicals. Um, Jim Wallace, founder of the Christian social justice group Sojourners, described the drowning of a father and his toddler daughter who attempted to cross the border as a test for policymakers, a test of faith for policymakers. Many devout Latino voters are being courted to vote Republican next year and believe that's a religious question. Democratic candidates come from a variety of religious backgrounds and differ in how they speak on about faith on the campaign well, trail. Well, you have all these people, whether or not they are uh, just giving lip service or whether or not they're saved because you have to see the fruit in their life. I can't say that there's not one saved person within the Democratic uh party in, in the upper levels. I can't say that. I can't say that, that all people are saved, that there are any saved in the Republican Party in, on the upper level. What, I'm, what is happening, though, is that this concept where they've been screaming about separation of church and state and how uh, they've been trying to take the Lord out of everything, uh, even so much as you can't even have the word uh, like the Ten Commandments, you can't even have that on display on you know, public property. You have to give equal time. But now it's, it's amazing. It's very convenient for them. I mean, as, they, as they're debating, they're, as they're bringing the Word of God in. Well, at least the Word Quoting of God scriptures is getting in. Whether they're interpreting it correctly is a different matter. But that's interesting that nobody has brought that up about, you know, you, the government says separation of church and state. I didn't even think about that. I just think it's kind of comical when they try to quote to scripture and they don't have a complete understanding or they misquote it. Right. But but the thing about it is that they're, they're proving that you can't separate God's word from your life and, and from politics. You can't step outside of truth and, and say somehow you're going to function without it. That That doesn't make any sense. You're going to go into the political arena, but we're going to leave God out, out of it. That's, it's impossible. Because in order to do that, then you'd have to embrace a lie. Because if you're trying to deal with truth, then you are automatically going to include God. It's, it's without fail. You cannot leave the Lord out of it unless you're going to just succumb to total chaos. Yeah, like most of the laws were built around Scripture, Scripture. around God's Word. Right. The nation was founded right. on God's Word and and. His principles. Right. What we consider to be fair and what we consider to be unfair, what we consider to be charitable and merciful, these are concepts that we've gotten from the Lord. And so I, th this this false pretense where they go around saying we're going to separate, it's impossible. Mm -hmm. Then why, why get upset with Trump if he's lying? <laughs> I mean, mm -hmm. if, you don't, if you don't hold to... Uh, the church being involved with, with the state, then Trump should be able to just lie and just steal, and it shouldn't bother you, because the Lord said, thou shalt not steal. Yeah, you wouldn't even, the Democrats wouldn't be so in a rush to try to impeach him. Right. Anyway, enough of politics. The man behind the biblical theme park is Ken Ham. He founded Ark Encounter. 
and he's also the CEO and founder of Answers in Genesis, and he's been criticizing libraries for supporting... Um, well, he, he's, he spoke out against public libraries. He calls them a dangerous place for children because they have access to LGBTQ books. He criticized the libraries for supporting LGBTQ-friendly narratives and um, he tweets, I guess everybody tweets nowadays, and uh, in his tweet he alluded to LGBTQ movement and its supporters as the enemy and links an article titled A Mess on the Shelves, published by World, and by, by World uh, which is a bi-weekly Christian magazine. The article written by a person by the name of Peterson, described the author's experience walking into a public library and being led to the alphabetized L section where she spotted a large freestanding rack of children's fair dedicated to LGBTQ topics. Feeling nauseated um, after my foray into the modern kids' literature, I... I brought the three books to the front desk and complained to the librarian about the library's all-out effort to plant these disturbing suggestions into innocent minds. And sadly, the majority of kids from church homes have already had their hearts and minds captured by the enemy through public schools, TV, etc., not just libraries. However, not everyone agreed with what he had to say. Some commenters pointed out that no one forces children to pick up specific books in libraries, and the Bible by no means encourages calling anyone the enemy. Yeah, but you know, uh, there's certain things that they allow to be displayed, but I'm pretty sure if you would uh, have a porn display, you know, and you walk in, it will influence your children, you know, so uh, to me it's, it's just a, a, a different uh, side of what, what I would consider to be not so much pornographic but definitely immoral, so it's just a, a different way of approaching it, it's just that they've made something that basically has to deal with uh, a personal preference, they've turned it into law. And, and I think out of curiosity, children are going to pick it up. Right. That's no different than no one forces a man to go searching on the internet for pornographic sites. Right. No one forces anybody to do anything but, to commit but you sin. Make, but you're making but you're, it available. And why target children? This is this is what I, I, I have a hard time understanding because it's something that's basically on an adult level even if you're trying to say well, well children know at a young age children know at a young age if they're, when they're heterosexual but you don't bombard them with sexual content having to do, deal with heter, being heterosexual you don't, you feel like they'll grow into that when they you become more mature openly available. Right. you feel like when they become more mature they'll handle it but here they're doing this with children who are what preschool, kindergarten mm -hmm. it, it's, it's not normal what they're doing definitely is not normal. So I'm thinking that uh, parents should speak up. Yeah, they just planting perverse, perverse, perverseness seeds right. in them while they're young. So when they grow up, they just grow up perverse. Right. Have perverse way of thinking, a perverse way of doing. 
Mm-hmm. And then the, you'll just have a whole next generation of perverseness coming up. And no peace. And you I know, tell you, and there's and no I peace behind it's, it. It's kind of like that with um, the occult and witchcraft and right. stuff. You know, you start out like maybe you're curious, maybe you want to read about it, maybe you want to do, you know, and then, well, <laughs> then you're experimenting a little bit here and there. And then all of a sudden you're hooked, and before you know it, you're 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 deep into the occult or deep into right. witchcraft, or and that's the same thing. It's it's um, it's got some kind of a draw right on you, and there's no peace. That's just like you you know trying to smoke a cigarette. It's like why can't I do that? I can't, and you keep trying and you keep trying, and all of a sudden you're hooked on cigarettes, right? Or alcohol, right? Or drugs, mm-hmm. or you know, you it's, condition it's, yourself to there's accept. There's a it. draw. There's right. a pulling. But, then, but with this pulling, there's no peace. See, so, and so then they then they come up with the mistaken idea that no one can live without sinning, and that's not true. Through the Holy Ghost, you can. Yes, praise the Lord, and let everything. To have breath, praise the Lord. Today's verse of the day comes from Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Now ain't God all right? God is all right. Praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was, what example... Did the Lord make of Paul for all saints? And the answer is long-suffering. That answer can be found in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 16, which reads, Howbeit for this cause I obtain mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long-suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to everlasting to life everlasting. This week's food for thought is where can you find confusion and evil work? Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought.